are listening to Pads Up Pod. Oh my God. Welcome to another episode of Pads Up Pod. I'm Mike. I've got Bubba here. Yo. And we've also got Deej here. Hello. The three of us are back together for another episode. And we're going to carry on the conversation that we were talking about last time. Last time we talked about casual gaming, gaming with people, gaming on the sofa. And we've got a few other topics to get into. And the first one, it's going to dive straight in. Gaming with our partners. Bubba, what do you and your lovely partner play together? Loads of stuff. We didn't start gaming together when we first got together, but I think I coerced her into start gaming. So she wasn't a gamer when you met? Not strictly, no. Over time, I think she watched me playing. And I remember one day getting a text when I was at work. And she was like, what's your password for your Xbox? And I was like, okay. And then she logged in and she said that she was just playing GTA while I was out. And then from there, a little wheel started spinning her head and she started playing other things as well. But I think like we play single player games and like I watch her play single player games, basically. We don't really co-op at all. So she'll play like The Last of Us and I'll sit and I'll just watch her play that. Is that because it's too stressful to play as a couple? I know for a fact that if we did play, I think we would argue a lot. I think she suppresses her irritation for my coaching. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I'll be honest with you, she started playing like the hardest games. Like she finished Tomb Raider and then the second Tomb Raider. So she, her previous experience from games was like not 3D. And then she just like dove straight into like really complex 3D uh, third-person games. And she just like started smashing them all. What do you mean her first experiences were not 3D? So she wasn't playing like N64, PlayStation 1. But you said first Tomb Raider. Yeah, like the first new Tomb Raider. Oh, okay, okay. One of the new ones on the Xbox 360 and stuff. So she was playing through those and then she played through all the, pretty much every Naughty Dog game. Just went through all of those, like all the Drake's Fortune games and then the Last of Us games, then Red Dead 2 came into her life and that was biggest game changer ever. Why was it a big game changer? She just loved everything about it. She was like, this is better than any film I've ever seen. This is a whole new level of interaction with characters, storytelling, graphics, everything. She just, and she's like, I don't understand how people can not enjoy gaming when you can have an experience like this for 45 pounds and it lasts for ages, you know, and it leaves like you with memories and stuff like that. And the music's amazing in that game as well. So, And the cinematics. Cinematics, the music, the environment. It's like a living, breathing world. And it's one of your favorite games, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the best games I've ever played as well that I haven't finished. It's one of Bubba's favorite games of all time. And his partner has completed it. Yeah, yeah. Knows the ending. And Bubba's never finished it. Do you want to know the ending? I really do. But it's just... She's deliberately not telling you. I don't want her to tell me. I like there's certain scenes in the game, and she's like, "Oh, have you done this yet? Have you seen this? Have you seen this?" And I'm like, "Just, I'll get there, man. Just relax." When will you get there? I'll get there. I'm near the end. <laughs> I know I'm near the end because there's su- something that's happened, and I can tell that this is right before the end. We're gonna change Deej tries to Bubba finishes. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba finishes this week. I, I don't think anyone wants to. We need to work on that title. Yeah, we definitely need to work on that title. <laughs> But yeah, we we play a lot of narrative stuff together. Like it's literally, she'll play something on our, our watch. And like Last of Us 2, that's how we finished that. Like she played through it and I just watched and it was awesome. But you've never played a game together? As in co-op? Yeah, yeah. Never, no. Not once. Not a single game. You own a Switch as well. 
which she plays. Yeah, she plays the Switch a lot. Because I know she played Animal Crossing a lot. Bubba's partner and my partner played Animal Crossing over lockdown together. Yeah. Went to each other's islands and, and shared things and tips. And then she picked up Stardew Valley. Mate, she played that before. And that game is like crack. Like a serious addiction. What is this game? So the character inherits a farm or something and you have to like keep it going. It's very similar to Animal Crossing. You have this piece of land that you have to cultivate and grow things and pick the vegetables and there's other characters you interact with. It's very similar, but it's like top down. The graphics are like 16-bit, so like Mega Drive style graphics, whereas Animal Crossing is three-dimensional or isometric. Is there a narrative in, in Stardew Valley? I don't know because I've not played it. Is there actually a narrative in Animal Crossing? There's Tom Nook who for all intents and purposes, must be like the biggest drug dealer on Animal Crossing <laughs> and, and a loan shark. And he loans you a load of money so you can get a house. And then you've got to work to pay that back by digging up things, selling things. And you pay off your loan with Tom Nook to get another loan, to get a bigger house or to get more rooms on your house. So the game is basically this relationship between you and Tom Nook. And then other people come to your island and they take up residences and they might leave actually over time characters are like oh I'm not really feeling it anymore on your island I think I might leave and then you can be like you're not leaving oh really yeah you can tell the NPCs you're not going anywhere you're staying here so you just take their passports <laughs> yeah. and they're like oh okay actually I quite like it here <laughs> This is crazy. I did not know this game had a dark side. It has a, that is super dark. Eventually, you, if there's characters you don't like, you can let them leave. You're like, yeah, all right. Yeah, I don't want you here anyway. See you later. This game is dark as fuck. <laughs> it also sounds too real at the same time. Exactly. Because there are places you can't leave. <laughs> my enjoyment on Animal Crossing comes with like building things. On my partner's island, I built a maze. Because as you go around the island, you've got to collect things like butterflies and fossils. And once you've collected them, you can take them to the museum and there's a curator of the museum and you hand over the things and they go on display. You can put the museum on the island and then you can sort of sculpt the land around it. So we built all these waterfalls and stuff and that took us ages. So you can do co-op in the game as well. So you have one profile on the Switch has a character and it owns the island. Yeah. And then the second profile on the Switch can be a resident on the island. Okay. So I'm a resident on my partner's island. I have a little house and I can go on there without her or we can go on together and you can sort of build together at the same time and stuff. Interesting. Helen has not told me about this. <laughs> I'm sure she probably doesn't know. Were you interested in playing? I would have liked to have been asked. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> so switching to Helen, who plays Animal Crossing... Do you play games together, co-op, teach? Yeah, so the one game that Helen and I really enjoyed playing was a game called Fahrenheit. It's basically like this action-adventure game where you're essentially in a story. You could also probably class it like as a bit of a movie. So you're just all like watching things unfold and it's a bit of like a, a detective game at the same time. And it was just really enjoyable. And it was like one of the games I think her and I actually managed to complete within a couple of weeks. And I think what made that uh, interesting and possible and, and reduced the number of arguments we had, because I don't think there was any <laughs> arguments during this game uh, whatsoever. It was just because the interaction model was just like so simple and easy and the story was actually just really compelling. Yeah. There's a, like a particular scene that I kind of actually remember where the guy seems to 
beginning to realize that he's becoming a bit more powerful and he's you're sort of in this room and there's his boxing bag and like i remember helen really enjoying that part of like just like hitting something yeah like the sort of button comes up it's like hit blue or hit like this and so on i don't so think forth. it's that i think she just enjoyed hitting something yeah she, i i think that's probably also yeah. also true she can be quite violent at times you sure you didn't have any arguments playing this game <laughs> <laughs> this is a, it's a safe space stage you can tell us i'm not too sure <laughs> I hate even walls have ears. But mate, that, <laughs> the the company that made Fahrenheit, like I just looked it up, there's like a French company called Quantic Dream. But mate, they've made like a whole load of games with that similar sort of thing and like they're like really fun to play. Really fun. It's definitely one of the most fun games we've played. Yeah. Outside of that, they have been some stressful moments. Oh. Such as playing Overcooked. Oh. That is probably one of the most fun and also equally stressful games in a way that you could probably end your relationship <laughs> within the space of <laughs> half an hour. You're able to master the game and kind of have, like, have an agreement around like what people are going to do and to perform those actions well, then it's probably going to be okay. But if you don't do that, then... There could be some trouble. Yeah. Yeah, we actually had to stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> So Overcooked is a cooking game where there's up to four chefs. They're in a kitchen with a layout where you get orders along the top and you have to go and collect the various ingredients, chop them up, cook them at the right time, put them together, put them on the plate and serve them up. Yeah, but when you say it like that, right, it sounds really simple. Sounds simple. And it supposedly is simple. So you kind of allocate tasks to various different people. Right, okay, I'm going to do the dishes and I'm going to cut cabbage or something like that. And then somewhere down the line, something goes wrong. And then someone has, someone inevitably goes rogue because someone else wasn't doing certain, something fast enough. So you then start trying to do that thing as well. And then it doesn't become necessarily a two-player game. It becomes more like a dictatorship and, and, and a whip going like, why have you not done this? Cut the fish. <laughs> why aren't you getting the tuna? There's, you get some really weird conversations coming from the flat when, when we're playing that game. But then they come into like, it's like, it sounds like real life stuff that you've argued about. Before. It's like, yeah, you're doing this. You, do, you actually do this around the house as well. You don't pick up the stuff Funny how you don't pick up the plates, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> but I mean, you're also talking like this actual sentences when coming out when you're playing these games. Like, I'm pretty sure for us, it's just like, fish, fish, plates, tuna. <laughs> and a lot Shrimp. of grunting and like passive aggression. Okay, so anything else on the Switch, Deej, that you and Helen play? No, wait, did, were you playing Overcooked on Switch? We were playing Overcooked on the Switch. Outside of that, we have experimented with a number of games, such as like Just Dance. Uh, in our last podcast, Mike brought an Oculus Quest and got to playing Beat Saber Pro on that. And that sounds, seems like a great game. And if, that's, if there's a multiplayer for that, I could imagine that us really enjoying that. So an Oculus Quest is a virtual reality headset, which is one of the more recent ones. So it doesn't have to be, the old headsets you used to have to plug them into a like PC and lots of sensors around, but this is a all-in-one headset and you've got two handheld controllers and then you can play games on it like Beat Saber, which actually, because oh, we wanna, we're going to move on to talk about musical instrument games and this is almost like sort of a good segue into that. Fucking let's dive in, mate. No, but I haven't talked about the games that I play with Feng on Switch. 
No one cares. <laughs> not that I like, it's all about me. Uh, not that it's all about me, but... What games have you been playing with? Oh, Fang? thanks. Thank you for asking. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah, we play a lot of games on Switch, Feng and I. We did smash through Overcooked uh, 1 and 2, and we loved it, and we also fell out over it, and that was all <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, other games on the Switch, you can play co-op. New Super Mario Brothers, Deluxe, I think it's called, is really good. Like Super Mario 2D side scroller, but you can have two characters on the screen at the same time. Oh, we played Mario Odyssey together because that can be co op, where one of you is Mario, one of you is the cap, like Mario's hat, and they get to fly around as Mario's hat, like collecting things and stuff. And we used to take it in turns doing that, and then I'd take over when the level got too hard, but we don't <laughs> talk about that too much. Humbleberg. <laughs> so we did that together, and that was a lot of fun. I suggest doing that. Oh, they brought out. Um, Super Mario Galaxy from the Nintendo Wii. They brought it on Nintendo Switch and we played that. And the co-op on that, somebody is a, like being the hat in Odyssey, you're a cursor and you can collect stardust and you can also pin down enemies for your partner who's playing as Mario. And you can also stop things that are moving around and sort of help the other player get through the level, which is a lot of fun. I've got another game I just remembered on Nintendo Switch. Cat Quest. So it's a isometric sort of top-down RPG and you've got to go around and save this land that you're in from the dogs. And it's all like cartoon animation. The, the graphic design on it is really, really nice. And you get magic spells. So your cat like levels up and you can do different spells and they take longer or, or shorter to cool, cool down once you've used them, that sort of game. Yeah. But the co-op, you can both be on the screen at the same time battling through these these levels and... I'd strongly suggest you and Helen try that, DJ. It's really good fun. And it's really cute as well. I'll give that a go. Sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. And there's another game called Good Job, made by Nintendo, which is um, a cell-shaded game where you're in an office and you've got to complete certain tasks, like plug in the projector or water all the plants, which sounds a bit boring, but then there's different ways you can complete those tasks. Like you can tear down walls, or you can like throw the projector halfway across the office by using an elastic band to, to spring it and stuff. And you can play that co-op and you're both on screen at the same time and it's really good. Apart from when you go too far away from each other in the level and then the screen splits down the middle. It's a very simple game, but also fun. I suggest playing it. The co-op stuff is good, like couple-wise, but I, do, I think we play this the narrative-based stuff because we love watching TV series. So this kind of replaces that for us. So it's like, oh, we get home from work or finish work or whatever it is. And we're like, what happened last time? Like, you know, you advance a little bit more in the story. Yeah. And then, you know, I think I, I think that's it. I think we play games for that reason. I don't know if it's the necessarily the competition aspect or whatever it is. I think we just do it because there's this like long tail narrative thing that we're just trying to complete and like... We we put the settings down to easy sometimes because we just can't be fucked with the, you know. We, I just want to know what happens. We can't be bothered with the challenge. That's probably gaming sacrilege, but <laughs> I prefer it that way. I don't think so. Like uh, sometimes you just want it to be stress free. Yeah, I think I'm just too like impatient now to die like a thousand times when it's like <laughs> I know what I need to do. I just can't do it. But if I just knock down the difficulty a little bit, I can do it in advance. I'm just like, fuck it, I'm just going to go to easy. There was one thing in Mario Odyssey, because we 100%ed Mario Odyssey, but there was one 
quests where you have to jump skip rope, but you have to do it over a hundred times or something. It's like this extra quest and it's so hard. And I might have found on YouTube a way to do it where you hack it and you don't actually have to do it. Yeah. I used hey, to the game that. mechanics are there and somebody <laughs> found out a way to get around it. So I was going to do that. I do that sometimes. Somebody's going to tell me I only 99% <laughs> of the game now. Are you a hundred percenter? No, not always. Okay. Breath of the Wild, for example, you people have hundred percent. That is crazy. Red Dead people, hundred percent. That for me, I don't understand. I have no idea how people do that. Or like when people hundred percent games like Halo, where you need to play it on like every difficulty, like do it on like the hardest difficulty without dying once. It's wild. I can never do any of that. You are listening to Pads Up Pod. Oh my God. All right, I've got a lot lined up for the rest of this episode, so let's crack on to musical instrument games. And I was going down a segue of talking about Beat Saber on the Quest 2, yeah. which is a game where you've got two lightsabers in front of you in virtual reality and all these blocks flying at you in time of music and you've got to cut them away, which is a bit different from the musical instrument games that we wanted to talk about, which is more like the Guitar Heroes. What of those did you guys play? Deej? I actually didn't play any of them. None of them? <laughs> I've seen people play a Guitar Hero and the game that's probably interested me the most has been Rock Band then. Yeah, the one where multiple people can play and you're, yeah. you're basically in a band and yeah. in a way that seems like that'd be quite like interesting and cool to in a way be in a band. And, like, yeah. To some degree learn what playing in harmony is like and it's all like take me back to being in school a little bit. I played Rock Band. <laughs> I went on a boys trip to New York. It was me and like five mates and we... We went out there and they were selling rock band in one of the stores. We didn't go out on one of the nights because we were just like super, super into it. It was so good. And then I took it home and then like learned everything on Expert. Like every song on the drums on Expert. Do you play an instrument as well? No. I don't play an instrument either, but I reckon that the drum kit in rock band is the closest you get to the instrument. Definitely. You've got four drum pads. Like... And you've got a pedal for a kick a kick drum and then you've got cymbals as well. Yeah. I could never do this. Like hands drumming, yeah. cymbaline and kicking. I could never have that, co- that uh, coordination. See, I could do that in rock band pretty easy. I learned that pretty quick. And then I started doing all the stuff on Expert and I was like, this is fun. I should actually try playing real drums, but just never got around to it. <laughs> it was a great transition, wasn't it? From Because Guitar Hero was big when it came out. I played that a lot at uni. That was massive. It became like a thing of its own. Like every award show, people were like winning awards for playing Guitar Hero and stuff. And like, yeah, it was massive. I had it on Nintendo Wii, which was a bit weird because the peripheral for it, which normally was just a separate controller for your PlayStation. But on the Wii, you plugged in the Wiimote into the guitar itself. So you can take what the movement things when you have to do it, yeah. Yeah, so that's how it did the all the accelerometer stuff. Okay. After Guitar Hero came Rock Band. Yeah. I think Harmonics made Rock Band. They were involved in Guitar Hero, right? But that stuff was, it, talk about grand opening, grand closing. Came and went so fast. Where are they now? So there's no Rock Band, there's no Guitar Hero, it's, it's all over? It was like a two-year high. I don't even know if it lasted two years, but it was... They were humongous. I think it lasted longer than two years because it went, they had like Guitar Hero 1, 2, 3 maybe and then Rock Band came along and then Rock Band went 
Rock Band 1, Rock Band 2, Rock Beatles. Band Beatles yeah. came out. Yeah. So I think it was, it must have been five years of hype. But it just sounds so strange for like something so big to just basically disappear into nothingness. They literally just disappeared. If anybody knows the story, tell us what happened. Please. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's because it comes limited. So as soon as you know how to do all the songs or whatever it is, but you could buy new songs. Yeah, then they started to bring out song packs, didn't they? So the song packs were really expensive. And I don't know if that became the problem because like I saw a bunch of new songs and I was like, oh, these look really cool. Then I saw how much they cost. And I was like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm not going to buy those. Surely it might not be so bad now. Like things like Just Dance have like a subscription model where you can get more songs over the year. They should have done that. They should have done what that. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, I think they got greedy. There it is, Teach. What are you going to call it? Your new instrument game. I have nothing right now. <laughs> Deech band. Deech band. Deech band. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like, I, it's, it seems like a game that is really fun that I clearly missed out on. That I, I now really want to play. I mean, we can still play it. We can organize that. It's not cheap. To get the old stuff. No. I don't know if it was a podcast I was listening to, gaming podcast I was listening to a while ago, but they were saying how getting, like, the original Guitar Hero guitar was, like, very expensive. And I think the rock band peripherals were quite expensive as well. We looked it up. The Wii ones were like still a hundred and something quid. Yeah. Is that how much they cost at the time? Yeah. They might have been cheaper at the time. I remember packing it all up in my bag and taking it back to London. And I was like, I am such an idiot for buying this in New York. Like, <laughs> this is such a waste of space. That extra baggage. Oh my days. I was so annoyed. Could you not get it in the UK? It wasn't just me. It was like, my mate Dammy and I were just like so gassed and like that we were in New York like we'd been out the night before and we're like oh yeah we're just gonna get a rock band play it every night before going out and then that was turned into like one of our nights out well in essentially nights in yeah yeah you had to sing in that game you get on mic did you yeah was that how realistic was that it checks your pitch and stuff and if you're in tune yeah and it had different difficulties yeah. so depending on the difficulty it would like be cussing you out more about it or not you get booed mate oh yeah you do get booed you can get booed Deej you were going down the route of like how realistic is it when you've got the microphone yeah and then all the instruments it's like being at karaoke but it's not just one person doing something or everyone stands around singing as well you're all like got a little bit to play and you got drinks and stuff we used to play at university before like going out out we played I was the singer Oh, you can sing. Oh, they didn't say he can sing. I he can. did the singing. <laughs> I yeah. I can barely speak, much less sing. We can't talk about musical instrument games without mentioning DJ Hero. Yes. Who played DJ Hero? I tried it. It came out during a period where something else came out that took my attention, sadly. Yeah. But, yeah, the concept is sick. It's like... It teaches people how to mix and understand beat matching in like quite a simple way. Like actually with decks, turntables, mixing them together. Yeah, my, I remember I got my first pair of decks when I was like I was 14, 15 or something. And I had two of the same record. I think it was Rock Cocaine Flow by De La Soul. I had two of the same and just trying to match those. And when you actually manage to get that going... There's no feeling like it, whereas that game actually gave you that constantly. This game really could have helped me because yeah. I, I always wanted to see if I could be a DJ and, and do the beat matching. So I went to a, a friend of mine's house and who was a DJ and he was like, oh, I can teach you. I was like, got, my, got the headphones on. I was like, yeah, yeah, got this. All right, switch over. 
complete trash. <laughs> <laughs> it's like much harder than it seems. It can help you with the theory. Like essentially, it's weird. Like DJing is so complicated depending on like the sort of DJ you are. So like some DJs love scratching and all that stuff. I was never into that. For me, it was like pure blends. Like the most seamless blend for me would completely beat like the best scratch that I've ever heard. Like there's nothing like two records impacting each other like perfectly, like seamlessly. There's nothing like it. Going back to DJ Herobert, does this game still exist? Oh, you can probably find it. And you'd have to you'd have to get the peripheral, which itself obviously it wasn't a guitar, it was a turntable deck with some buttons on it. Yeah. Are people producing these games anymore? Like, no, it just, that game. Not. It just seems there like a, there's like all of these things that sound really cool. I want to do. <laughs> was there a DJ Hero 2? Yeah, there was a second one, yeah. And the peripheral was different. And we're going to get into that in a lot of detail in another episode because our magical producers, yeah. D and Harminder, were directly involved in the, the production of DJ Hero, right? Yeah. It's one of those things. I don't know if it's a generational thing that we are interested in this. I don't know what a 19-year-old would think. Because DJing to 19-year-olds is like grabbing your iPod and sticking it in a... So yeah, I love how you iPod. say current time like, you said iPod. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, bro. You get, your, <laughs> you get your iPod Nano. Yeah. <laughs> you get your correct cable. And you make a playlist. But mate, DJs will walk into bars now with USB sticks. Oh, and really? Just, yeah. And just, oh, what, like, just shove it in? Shove Because like, you get these controllers, essentially, that you, they just take all your libraries off of... Fucking USB sticks. Are you thinking you can just turn up to a bar and... and Shove in the USB sticks, <laughs> and press yeah. play, convince, go, to the, go to the bar. And convince like... some poor bartender that you're actually the DJ for the night. Yeah, yeah. Mate, yeah, just exactly. have a massive backpack and a pair of headphones around your, shoulder, around your neck and yeah, you could. 100%. It's like after people just be like, oh, you like this tune? Yeah, I selected it. I'm the DJ. Yeah, but yeah. mate, you, there's a lot of DJs that do pre-mixes as well. So they'll have like a mix that they've made at home and just fucking... I mean, I get that, like, because like some, some of it potentially could be quite complex and you like really want to get a specific sound and it'd be difficult to do in real time. But like, I don't know, I liked the whole idea of like, I could, you could see the DJ, like, because, you know, real, real talent. It's like theater. It is. That whole premix thing is weird, man. Cool. Another episode in the future, we're going to dive deep on DJ Hero. We're going to move on to a little surprise that I've concocted for us all. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. More surprises. Oh, yeah. Every week there's something new. I don't know if I'm ready for this. I'm never ready. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Mike's Quiz. Oh, Whoa. shit. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this section's a bit budget. But I love the apology. There's <laughs> <laughs> a bit budget in comparison to what we've done before. But are you guys ready for a quiz? I'm ready. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm no longer ready. You're no longer ready. <laughs> so I thought we could do a little quiz. Yeah. Maybe it becomes a running thing. Maybe it doesn't. Obviously, I'm not going to be involved. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be asking the questions. Of course. But you two will be involved. It's the goal for me to just get one thing right. <laughs> because I think not, you might do better than... That is the goal I'm setting for myself. I think you might do better than... Than you think. Than you think. We should just call this Bubba Wins. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba Wins. I've got some, we'll stop that. Who wants to be a millionaire sound for now? Yeah, we, we owe some money to somebody for that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, well, we'd have to make money first. True. Um, <laughs> I've got eight sounds from gaming consoles across the eras, startup noises of those games consoles. We'll alternate between Bubba and Deej. 
and you'll have to guess which console it was. How does that sound? Guess the console. So guess the like, console from the startup sound. Yeah. Okay. All right. You so, in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, was, you don't have a choice at this yeah. point. That's what I was Who wants to say. go first? There is a question you can't answer. Screw it. Let's do it. Deej. Deej jumped in there. Okay, what can I start Why did I with? just do that? <laughs> Let's go with... Oh, that little bit at the end. <laughs> <laughs> what games console is that? Deed. Is this a console I've actually played? Or oh, I, I've almost certainly you've played on this con this game's console, yeah. It initially s sounded familiar and then it went on for quite a while and I've now decided I don't really know. Bubba, do you know? Yeah, I think I do. You want to hear it again? Yeah, one more time. One more time. No. <laughs> I think I know. You have to have a guess. Because I've got sounds for whether you're wrong or right, and I need to use them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to have to guess something. This is the real reason we're doing this quiz, isn't it? All right, I will go with PlayStation. There's a few of them, yeah. so you're going to have to guess a number. Oh, okay, so I wasn't too far wrong. Mm, two. Correct. Yeah. Oh my God, I got one. It was PlayStation yeah. 2. I am safe now. I can get everything else wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, that's, that's one. I can't believe I got that. <laughs> <laughs> that's one to Deej. Just made my day. Okay, Bubba. Oh, fuck. Yeah. No, what shall I pick for you? Don't go ham. Don't go ham. All right, all right. <laughs> Oh, no way. This doesn't sound fair. Oh, no. This might get really difficult, actually, because I thought this is one of the easier ones. Do you know it, Deej? Possibly. Can you do it one more time? I feel like the end gives it away. Dreamcast. Oh, my God. I didn't know what that was. It's 1-0 to Deej. I can't believe it. Deej, what did you think it was? You're not going to get a point for it. Oh, what? Nope. Okay, I'm probably wrong anyway. Is that the original Xbox? Oh, no. But it is an Xbox, no? It is an Xbox, yeah. Oh, 360. It was the start bit. Okay, Deej, your second one. Sounds like a Nintendo. Lean into that. Can I get it one more time? Bubba, do you think you got it? I think so. I don't think it's one of the early ones. I'm just going to go with the SNES. No. Was it the GameCube? It was the GameCube. Well done, Bubba. No point, though. I know. One nil to each still. <laughs> Bubba. It's a long one. And I know it, and it's really annoying. Ah, I don't think Bubba works well under pressure because I thought Bubba would clean up on this. I'm like, is that is that PlayStation 1? It was. Yeah. Did you know that, Teach? No, not as a definite, but I was going to go PlayStation. All right, so we've had PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, 360, GameCube, and it's 1-0. Yeah. Let's make this the last round. Oh, 
sudden death. The last round of bubble wins. Got it. <laughs> last round of bubble wins. It's a fix. <laughs> I'm not going to give any clues. Okay, Deej, this is your one. This is tough. Well, it sounds like something really early. It doesn't sound like something that is in the last decade. Baba thinks he might, he might have an idea. Is it? It's a, a console. They're all consoles. So not handhelds. Good question. No, it's not a handheld. No more clues. Baba's <laughs> <laughs> game face on, Baba wants to win. He wants to win. Nez? Snez. Oh, was it the master system? Sorry, yeah, fuck, yeah. Okay, Baba got there in the end. Do you not get the... If we go back to it, we'll play it one more time. Sega. Give me mine. <laughs> Let's do this, baby. Let's do this, baby. Fist. Let's go. I know, I know you'd go ham for me. I know you would. Some of these consoles I looked up, I had no idea they even had startup sounds. Like the mu that mu <laughs> it just kept going. Uh, that master system one. Yeah, I had no idea the master system had a startup sound. No, nor did I. I mean, I was trying to think of like the Sega consoles and startup sounds, and I couldn't really get any other yeah. than the Dreamcast one. I think, I think you only hear them if the cartridge wasn't in. Yeah. Oh right, that would explain it. Because right. otherwise, it just goes straight into the game. Let's play this one one more time for Bubba. It might be a draw. This could be a draw. This, could, this will be a draw. Okay, so it's definitely not a Sega console. I say that. <laughs> oh, God. Can I use any of my lifelines? What lifeline would you use? <laughs> I use phone a friend. <laughs> Who even would you phone? We're not phoning anyone. All right. Uh, so I think that could possibly be the... Is that the, the original Nintendo? Is that the NES? Oh my god. It is Bubba Wins. <laughs> I've got a wind sound here somewhere. Here we go. That's your wind sound. Mate, I know that song. <laughs> I'm cracking up. Is that... <laughs> I know that song. <laughs> well, what's that sound from? That's from a game. It's from a game, yeah. I know that sound. What game is that? It's uh, GTA San Andreas. Yes, <laughs> when okay, you that's it. <laughs> when yes. you complete your mission. Oh, CJ, I miss you. Unlucky Deech. Well done, Baba. I got a point. I'll take that as a victory. Mate, that was tough. 2-1. <laughs> I had a couple others. Play it. Let's play one. That was the uh, N64. Nope. Oh. Neither. Game Boy Advance. Oh. And then this one was a bit easy, I think. Switch. <laughs> Straight in there. Yeah. <laughs> that little sound at the end, you only get that the first time you turn on the console. The only reason I knew that was a Switch is because Nintendo went crazy about that noise when they were marketing the console. Everybody talked about, oh, the clicking sound, because it's essentially... It's the same sound. When you click the Joy-Cons into the side. Oh, clever. Oh, it's a, that is a very clever sound. In terms of marketing and consoles, 
no one beats Nintendo. Xbox for all their stuff, PlayStation for all their stuff, amazing. But Nintendo, number one. I don't really play any of their stuff. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I... Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure if someone was listening from Nintendo after what you just said, it was... The build-up was great. Yeah. And then they would have been let down right at the end. Yeah, 100%. But it's just it's a story of my life. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think it's just when they bring stuff out, it's always... And like even the way they do their conferences, they do like this animated stuff and super yeah. interesting where like these Playstations and Microsoft and Xboxes, they just get a dude on stage talking. Nintendo, they don't go to E3 anymore, right? No. They do their own like side thing. Nintendo Directs. Yeah. Um, their time is very similar as E3, right? But yeah, I think PlayStation is kind of out the of same that as well. Now. And I think, I don't think E3 is going to be around in the next two, three years. Yeah, I feel like the companies want to have more control over how they deliver their messages, don't they? Massively. So I'm sure all these companies have their, you know, time of the year to do all these announcements. So they're just like, oh, why do we have to do it in June? It's like yeah. every year, June. It's like, no, we're not building up to you. All right, so that was the quiz. And now moving on to the final thing of the show is the fan contact section. That's right. We have fans. We have at least one. We have a fan. Who has contacted us. Because I don't think our partners are fans. Nope. He's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, his name is Lee and he sent us a, an email. Hi, I'm Lee Holland. Hi, Lee. Bob is looking at me like... This is a friend of ours, a friend of me and Bubba from university. And he's been listening to the show and he's got in touch. Hi, Lee here. Long time listener, first time caller. What do you think is next for the video game industry? What will games be like in five to ten years? I feel like trying to like look towards some sort of response that is out of this world. It's like the games will be in your mind. Like ten I know what you now. mean. I'm going to have a Mega Drive controller port on the side of my head and just plug in. <laughs> it's funny, one of, one of my favorite producers, a guy called Flying Lotus, commented about this recently. He's like, his gaming hit its ceiling in terms of graphics. It's like how, like we don't really have that wow console after console. Think about the switch between, I don't know, the SNES and then the N64. Yeah. It was like, what the, f you, you felt like you're in a completely different world. Then going from PS4 to PS5, it's like, it's cool. More triangles. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if we've hit a ceiling in terms of graphics. Do they have to move to interactivity like VR? Is VR going to become more peripheral based? Is that going to be the next new change or new wave in gaming? But yeah, right now, just like graphics used to be the thing. Processing power is now the thing. Who cares if there's faster menus? You know mm. what I mean? It's like if loading load times are better. It's great quality of life stuff, but... I think what people are looking at now and companies are looking at now is re retention, making sure that they keep their fans or steal other fans or can make this holistic sort of world that people can buy into like Xbox do with Game Pass. You can play that on your phone. Do you think in five years you'll still have a physical console? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Ten years? Yeah, that's not going away. It's part of the fanfare. I think in ten years uh, you might not have a console at all. I think it could all be... No. No, no, no. It's part of the fanfare. What about physical media then? Like the actual, the discs, the games, do you think they'll still be here? That could potentially go away. But I think the idea of getting rid of consoles, in my opinion, would be a silly one. Like you want to own the new thing. 
it's also good for their that company's marketing. Like consoles are a loss leader. They don't make money on the consoles. They make money on people buying the games and subscriptions and stuff. But I don't think they will take that away. It, it doesn't make sense to me. I hope so anyway. I want to see the, the new Xbox, the new PlayStation in a few years. You like physical media though, don't you? The last games I bought, I bought on disc. Like, I'm one of those. I reckon it could become quite immersive. And like by that, I'm not necessarily saying like it's like virtual reality or something. But like, say if there isn't a console, like you turn the console on and you're like in this world, really. And you can do a number of things in that world at, at the time. So that could be to go you know, walk somewhere to go play a game. Um, or just interact with people. Do that with a lot more fluidity mm. um, than you can do today. Like, so you can probably imagine like going from work and then just logging in, I guess, into your other life and just kind of like being really immersed in that space. When we tried Mike's VR, that was the, f for me, like that was like the closest I felt in a long time to being like, okay, shit, this is different. Even though it's not that, the fidelity in terms of graphics and stuff. It's not amazing to do what it's trying to do, but it did feel like I was stepping into something that I see the potential here. Yeah, definitely. But I'm still not really fully sold on VR. How come? Well, the whole fact that you have to put something on your head is going to put me off, no matter how well the experience is. For me, it's like a feeling. Do I really feel like I'm immersed in this game or immersed in this environment? And that can probably be achieved without VR. I think VR is going to be big. I think it's progressed a lot in the last two years from the VR that you had to plug into a desktop and now it's completely wire-free. I think Facebook are plowing a lot of money into Oculus and I think like lots of people will have VR headsets at home. But it's clearly quite difficult, right? Because people have been talking about this for like two decades. Yeah. Yeah. You think of what the progression we've made in other places in two decades versus VR. I think it was one guy, Palmer Lucky, who was the guy who started Oculus. He was like 18 or something when he started Oculus. And he took phones, like Android phones, and essentially like took that and built a VR headset out of those. And I think that people were like, oh shit, okay, this is how we do this. And everybody kind of just started building out HTC Vive. You've got Oculus, you've got PlayStation VR, you've got everyone kind of doing their own offshoot of it but I think it's a barrier to entry I think it's too expensive I think the Quest 2 was set me back 215 maybe second hand not everybody's got that and if you want to have like a true true VR experience and play like Half-Life Alex and all this other stuff which oh are you like, still need a rig you need exactly you need to spend at least like a thousand pounds on a PC then you need to spend another 800 pounds on an HC Vive or something like that the other thing I think that will change, well, you talked about graphics a little bit and like how much further can you go? How many more polygons can you get? Yeah. Not to get like super technical, but machine intelligence will come in to actually do all of the rendering yeah. of the, the arena, the, the levels it will not be constructed by hand anymore. It'll, oh, you think so? No, I think you'll give your AI a real image of a car and it will it will render that. It will make a, a rendered version of that that will move and, and go around. There's lots of really good videos on YouTube about machine-driven like lighting effects in, in virtual environments. I think that will eventually be like the next consoles. What does that do to game development? I don't know. I think that will be the big shift in game development. It will change from what it is today to being something that's, that really involves machine intelligence and more powerful algorithms. Another they took our jobs situation. No, but the, job, <laughs> the jobs will change. Like the, the computer <laughs> takes over one part of the job and that allows, that allows you to spend much more time on other parts of the job, right?
Yeah, I don't like that. I can see it happening, and it makes sense because you'll be able to get things out quicker. But I'm not sure that's better, the best thing for the industry. I'm also not sure that we're talking about things that we're dead experts on. So this is true. we're going to cut the conversation there. That's the end of our first ever uh, fan contact section. I don't have a good name for this. Big up Lee Holland. Big up Lee Holland. Let's just call this the, the Lee Holland testimonial. <laughs> the, Lee Holland, the Lee Holland testimonial section. Yeah. If you'd like to get your words in on the Lee Holland testimonial section, then you can contact us at mail at padsuppod.com or find us on Instagram and Twitter at pads up pod and that that's a wrap for us today so thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed the show catch you all next time <laughs>